Welcome back to another episode of the Risk Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a blockchain and crypto pioneer, Tarek Irk. Tarek is currently a director of compliance and government relations for Crypto.com. Uh, he's based in Singapore, originally from the States. Uh, Tarek is a frequent speaker at industry conferences. He's a member of Access Singapore, Cryptocurrency and Blockchain Industry Association. He's a JD holder and founding member of SCAN, uh, Compliance Association and Network of Singapore. Tarek, thank you so much for joining. Um, as you can tell, I'm super excited to have you on board as a crypto blockchain enthusiast myself. It's an absolute pleasure. So thank you for joining. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself, Jermaine? I'm, I'm great. I'm good, Tarek. Very good. And I'm excited to have you on, uh, on board. So Tarek, um, can you give the, the audience a bit of information about what you've been doing in the last two years, uh, both personal and, and career-wise? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as, as you mentioned, currently, uh, I work for a company called Crypto.com, really exciting uh, firm in the uh, crypto and blockchain space. Uh, we have a uh, crypto app and, and wallet, as well as exchange and a card where you can use your crypto holding to pay in the real world through the Visa network, which is a really exciting and real world application of, of crypto products. Um, so for the past few years, I, I've been working in the crypto space really just once the, I think, Price started to heat up, hitting the 10,000 mark in late 2017. Uh, I was working for another uh, crypto company called Paxos and uh, working a lot on the exchange business uh, for the compliance team. And that's what actually brought me from New York City to Singapore. And now I'm leading the APAC efforts uh, for regulatory compliance at, at crypto.com. And Singapore are doing some magnificent things. Um, you know, speaking to a lot, of, a lot of leaders, it's a great place to be. And I'm assuming you have thoroughly enjoyed your time because you have not come back to the US. I haven't. I was only supposed to be here for, <laughs> for two years and now I'm on an indefinite timeline. Uh, yeah, Singapore is <laughs> a great, great place to be. And I, I think of it as um, really the spot where it's a microcosm of everything that's happening in the crypto and blockchain space where all of these big international companies um, want to have a, a presence and a foothold in the Singapore market. Um, there's a new regulatory scheme that's been in place uh, for the past year. And it's just the growth. And I think the community here is amazing. So it's something that um, professionally and personally that I'm, I'm loving being part of. Good, 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 good. Thank you very much for the intro, Tarek. We'll start with the basics. So Tarek, what is cryptocurrency? And what is the technology behind cryptocurrency, which is, of course, blockchain? Yeah, Good question. I think just to understand the basics, and uh, I think to understand blockchain first, you should understand that you know this is a basically a system in which a record of transactions made in Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency are maintained uh, through a decentralized network, and you can basically think of this as a ledger system. So, blockchain technology has deep roots from the uh, cryptography technology. And that's the, the science of basically keeping information secure. So one thing you'll always hear about uh, Bitcoin is it's very uh, uh, big in the security and kind of uh, that, that cryptography space. Uh, and I think it, it's the, the term now has become so popular and the technology has become such a buzzword because of the existence uh, of Bitcoin using it. And 
people like to follow the price and that, that's what kind of makes the head, headlines. And <clears throat> so Bitcoin is, is a cryptocurrency and yes. essentially that's a digital asset and that's designed to work as a medium of exchange, so, such as, you know, money or other forms of payment. And your individual transactions that you make as a Bitcoin holder will be recorded on the blockchain and stored forever. So for example, Jermaine, if I give you my uh, Bitcoin wallet address, you can look up on a blockchain explorer just right on your browser and you'll see what my Bitcoin's holding are, some of my transaction history, or if you send me Bitcoin, we'll get what's called a transaction hash. And that's essentially the proof that the transaction has been made. We can look that up for essentially the rest of time. Of course. Amazing. So can you give us more information and the true added value from cryptocurrency and blockchain? Yeah, what, what I really think of the, the true value is, uh, is having absolute control over your money because it's running in a decentralized network. And I think of it from everyone kind of has their personal experience with money in a way where the, the middleman or the, the banks or whoever's holding your money has made you upset or frustrated you or um, made it difficult to access your money, whether that's the banks closed or, or something like that. But, you know, Bitcoin doesn't close. There's no, no one that, <laughs> doesn't running, close, no. running it essentially. So <clears throat> these markets are 24 seven. So you can always uh, pay with Bitcoin or um, no matter where you are in the world. So I think that's just something that, that's fascinating and um, it can be sent at, at a low cost. And you see projects like, uh, Ripple, where they're working on a uh, remittance network to integrate into financial institutions because, because of the value of having that low cost and fast transactions. Uh, and you hear a lot about Bitcoin's value being the new digital gold or store of value where people are using this as a hedge against inflation. And you're seeing that in, uh, in the real world and places such as Venezuela or Turkey, where there's been a lot of uh, inflation and I won't get into the macroeconomics of you know, Federal Reserve's printing money, but essentially this has been a, a big catalyst for uh, crypto's growth, especially Bitcoin. Uh, and then you have crypto such as uh, Ethereum. The Ethereum network basically is a, is a network for uh, projects to build on. Yes. And you'll, you'll see you know, stable coins being a, a very popular application that, that's used on the Ethereum network. Um, so I think there's a lot of different cases and, and projects that are coming up that are exciting. But the way I think of it is, is the market kind of decides how it's going to be used in the application. So uh, I, I sometimes think I'm a, a bit too close to it working, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in uh, the industry. But it, it's just interesting to see how people can be innovative and in using it in different ways. Do you have any advice for new investors that are obviously seeing this huge growth in cryptocurrency? I think more than ever, people are asking me that question, family, friends. And I think during the pandemic, people have had a lot of time at home to digest a lot of the news that's happening uh, in the crypto space and take the time to learn. And there's so many great resources out there um, where you can study up on just what is crypto and blockchain. So my, my advice is pretty simple. I would, I would take the time to research and learn how it works. Um, I think a good example uh, would be there, there's tokens that are gaining popularity. Just one, one that comes to mind is uh, Uniswap token that it's an ERC-20. Yes. So I, people will, you know, get onto exchange and they hear this is good from one of their friends. They buy it, they, you know, price is going up, but then they want to move it off an exchange to their own wallet. And then they learn, wait, 
this is an ERC20 token. I, I'm not sure what that is, but I need Ethereum now to move it. And so, you know, there's a lot that, that, that goes into it where uh, I, I think it's worth to kind of do your research and, and, and learn. Um, and what, I think probably number one piece of advice would be to work with a trusted exchange and something that's going to be easy for you to use and to make sense. And um, using a trusted exchange may lead to having uh, potentially a less of a variety of tokens, but you're in a more secure environment. So I, I would keep it vanilla at, at first while, while you're kind of getting your feet on the ground. And of course, only invest what you can afford, afford to lose or have, uh, you know, reduced. But uh, I've got a lot of texts from people asking about Dogecoin. I'm not going to give you <laughs> yeah, of course. To buy of course Dogecoin. You. Yeah. But uh, definitely join uh, Telegram or Reddit communities. We have that with, with crypto.com and people are really enthusiastic and, and uh, active in, in these groups. And find a friend who's interested too. And, you know, they can be your first person that you may pay for lunch with, with crypto or, you know, the, I, I think I was hooked the first time that I ever sent uh, a Bitcoin transaction to, to another wallet and just tracking it on the blockchain until it gets there. And I thought it was just amazing. So I think <laughs> that something to do is actually move it to someone. So you can see that kind of, uh, you know, transaction being processed on the blockchain and understand how it works. What does the future of regulation look like in the crypto world? So I believe that in the future and in kind of in this post uh, up world where, where they've, you know, been taking a, a strong stance on regulate, regulating crypto, um, these types of products, and it's going to vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but I think there's going to be limitations put in place that um, it's going to probably reduce some of the, I think, uh, a bit of the crazy craziness in the industry and make it, I think, a bit more consumer protection focused, which yeah. can be a good thing. Uh, and I think that's what the FCA was going for there was essentially uh, consumer protection for some of these more advanced financial products. Um, and, and in the US, I mean, it's a very uh, heightened scrutiny when it comes to AML and KYC. So that's kind of the origins of you know th this new uh, regulatory initiatives that you mentioned. Um, I, and where I am based here in Singapore in the APAC region, some of the regulators ha have made it known that they don't think these type of derivatives and these kinds of products are, are suitable for, for retail investors. So um, I think that relates to what we may see as well in the, in the stock market with the Robinhood effect, where you're giving a lot of, um, I think, power to, to amateur investors in a way that uh, that might not be in the best interest of consumer protection. But I, I think, you know, you can see it from both sides. You want to have, as a, as a user myself, as much freedom and flexibility. But um, you know, from my wearing my compliance and you know regulatory hat, that uh, it should be done in in a, in a sensible way, and also you know not stifle the technological innovation that uh, we're seeing in the space now. And 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 moving from looking at the regulation, I mean, the, the fundamental piece around cryptocurrency is that it's a decentralized deregulated digital asset, right? So to me, you know, the ability to actually regulate this asset is gonna be extremely difficult. Um, of course, they, they, they need to do it, they want to do it, but it is gonna be very difficult. So how do, you, how do, how do we do it? What, what, what are the steps in terms of the exchanges, the digital banks, as well as governments to make, you know, to, to actually implement regulation into this market? 
yeah, so I, I think the, I, I understand that it can seem counterintuitive to some of the, the you know, the spirit and principles that, that Bitcoin and, and crypto is founded on. But at the same time, the, these things are a bit of a necessity for the maturity in the space. And with the regulatory structure that in, even in its early days has been in place now, you're seeing these, this institutional presence in, in the space that's, you know, um, a catalyst for, for major growth. So I, th I think you can see the benefits of it. Um, but I, I believe crypto, like many other financial products, should be regulated in a sensible, sensible way. And this goes back to what I was saying, where consumer protection is balanced with innovation. So you want to allow both things to happen. And th there's a lot of, I think, uh, <clears throat> amazing uh, efforts on the uh, regulator side where they're putting in place these frameworks where that that's permissible to happen. So that's something that you can see if these new kind of uh, like it's here in Singapore, we have the Payment Services Act where it's clear, clear how these products are going to be regulated. And that gives you, I think, uh, confidence to be in a market like Singapore, but also um, give confidence uh, in your products from a customer perspective. So I think, you know, it, it, it's it's a bit of give and take there, Absolutely. Uh, but I, but I, yeah, but and I also believe in what the standards that FATF ha, has been setting, where it's requiring a, a registration or a license um, that's going to have AML and KYC controls. So this ensures that the crypto ecosystem is remaining healthy and um, exchanges and wallets aren't being used for illicit purposes. So I think what what these registration and things allow is just. Um, a bit of scrutiny uh, on the players to make sure they have uh, good controls to make sure uh, people who say who they are and are using it for, you know, for the right reasons. Absolutely. But I think, yeah, time should be given to institutions in the space to catch up as needed. So you don't want to regulate before, you know, before the technology is there. So uh, that goes back to my point of supporting innovation. There are, I've seen a lot of reg tech emerging uh, businesses, uh, so some prime examples of businesses in terms of that reg tech piece uh, that are adding true value to businesses like or exchanges in, in general, uh, where they're actually adding, uh, you know, analytics um, and picking up on transactions, on AML, on transactional monitoring, cybersecurity. So the, the likes of, you know, Chainalysis, um, Elliptic, um, how much value do these businesses add to you know, an exchange or digital bank? It's, it's, it's a massive value add. Um, these tools are just, I think, absolutely essential to what we do as a compliance program. Um, and it, it, it's, it's funny to think as um, the perception can be crypto is this very high risk industry, but some of the tools we have, I think that the banks will be fighting over to, to get, get their hands on. I mean, something like Chainalysis where you, you can have a, a risk score of, you know, how, transactions um, are, are basically how the source of funds are being risk scored and things. And um, they, they do a lot of amazing things. Uh, so I, I think we also, uh, it's been a big change from now where we're seeing this bull run compared to 2017, where EKYC is also a major thing where you can really, if, if you have your documents together beyond an exchange and ready to trade and just, you know, Okay, an hour maybe, maybe quicker. So <laughs> it's, it's a totally different environment. It's been amazing to see um, from my own eyes, just all of the, you know, the different tools and advancements that, you know, the industry has made from a compliance perspective.
To, to be fair, there are a few exchanges that I personally have, have joined. Um, and although it is quick, they do ask for a lot of information. The checks seem to be thorough. Um, so in, in that respect, although the, you know, the, the time comparison to like a standard bank, um, you know, 10 years ago to, to now with a crypto exchange, they still, these businesses are still very thorough when they're checking on customers in, in general. It just seems to be expedited in, in terms of the time. Um, Definitely. I, I do understand that there's also, you know, some friction now still where, yes. you know, you might not get through, you, you give up because it's a lot of information. And I think that's something that's constantly being improved. And I'm sure you're seeing that from the reg tech side of how Absolutely. these fintech businesses can, you know, help on the, be helped on the customer acquisition side. So I think that's getting better. And that's, that's a very common complaint I hear from my friends where they say, look, I, I want to invest in crypto and I want to um, join it on an exchange, but they ask for so much and it, it's kind of, it's kind of a pain. So uh, <laughs> I, I, it, it's just a friction point that exists. And um, I, I think that's something that's being improved though. Sure. But, so, it, but it, it, it shows that the, the, I think the seriousness of, how a lot of these exchanges are taking their uh, AML and KYC regulatory obligations. Absolutely. And, and if a business asking for more information, it's, it's, it should be seen as a good thing. You know, they, they want to ensure that you are that the person that you are. Um, and that they're ticking those boxes and doing the checks, like you've rightly said, on that individual to, to make sure that their customer, um, you know, is who they are and, and, and it's all above board. So, yeah. And if you're... Yeah, for if you're new and looking to get on an exchange, I wouldn't be discouraged by that because that's a sign of a, of a, of a good exchange when, when they want that information and make sure they're getting it. And that's ultimately, you know, a, a positive thing for you if you're, you know, doing business with them and, um, you know, leaving money on the exchange. So I, I think that's something to look for. I, th I think you should be concerned if they just said, what's your name? What's your date of birth? And how, how much do you want to invest? Which yeah, um, right. <laughs> some some flag. Right. Um, so I guess for you, what, what do you see as the main challenges long-term for the cryptocurrency market? So I, I think um, it's exchange and wallet security where right now it, it, it a private wallet where let's say you lose your password, you potentially lose your funds. And we've heard a lot of these stories where millions of dollars are gone because someone yeah. forgot their password to their private wallet and things. So those are things that I that you know need to be improved and made more user friendly and from an exchange perspective um we, we kind of ju just touched on that where people can be discouraged by how difficult it is getting on that that's one part from a kyc perspective but also the um putting your money on and taking it off isn't always that easy yeah. your bank might block it or your credit card company <laughs> might block it if they're not you know doing business with crypto companies so the the fiat on ramp is, is what we call it and fiat off ramps are, are still a challenge. Um, but with more regulation, that makes uh, these financial institutions more comfortable doing business uh, with, with crypto companies. So that, that will improve, I think, um, as the, the regulatory environment has become more clear. Well, I guess that goes down to number one adoption again. So big banks mm -hmm. like SBC allowing you to make crypto buys and sells. And number two, it's actually reading the information before signing up to an exchange. So, for example, right. drawing certain amount of money, I think on some exchanges, it's a maximum of $10,000. So if you made $70,000, yeah. the reality is you cannot just withdraw $70,000 just like that. So it goes down to being informed about the market and what you can physically do, right? 
yeah, exactly. So definitely, I, I think you should understand also um, what the limits are, but fees. So, so a lot of times people get are surprised with some exchanges they're ch charging very high fees for um, your crypto transactions. So I would also, you know, understand um, what kind of fee is going to be taken if you're buying or, or selling any of your crypto. Absolutely. Um, what about the challenges from a regulatory perspective, Tarek? So I, I think the first thing that, that comes to mind is probably the um, widespread compliance with the, the travel rule. And that's something where um, there, there's been a rush in the reg tech space to come up with different solutions. And it, it's challenging because uh, I'm in a market here in Singapore where, where that's uh, absolutely required. And there's other markets, and this is known as the sunrise problem in the industry where that's not required. So how do you basically conduct your business with, with, with that kind of uncertainty? And um, I think that as the FATF rules are adopted in other jurisdictions, that, that kind of alleviates that, that uh, problem. But I think this is something that, especially in the U.S., is a, is a very hot topic and yeah. it's a big challenge. So for, for me on the regulatory side, it, um, this has been a, an unexpected, uh, I think, project to, to take on because a lot of it is, is quite technical and it, it's not purely compliance, it's not purely technology, um, but it, it's, it's something that, um, that wor working on it personally has exposed me to a lot of different people, you know, both in and outside of the company. So that, that's, uh, it's been a good learning experience, if, you know, if I'm spitting it in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of hiring, um, it's obviously a, a big topic and, and lots of uh, the audiences as well as, you know, applicants for, for new jobs. I, I, I know that there's always that interest in cryptocurrency. They may not be an expert, although who is an expert, uh, but there's always a, an interest, right? There's always an interest in cryptocurrency or even just the blockchain technology behind crypto. Mm -hmm. um, but what are the main traits that you look for when you're going through the hiring process? It's a good question. I found this to be very challenging and uh, I, I've just recently built out a team here in APAC. So I'm kind of fresh off of a lot of interviews, yeah. uh, but it's significantly different today than it was four years ago when, you know, I was interviewing to join a crypto company. So I think, speaking yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, now you can expect prior crypto experience you may be looking for someone who's worked at another exchange or um and if it's not crypto experience then maybe at least fintech experience where a few years ago that really wasn't an expectation but now that that is a very key thing to see where the environment is so different than a traditional financial institution that gives you the comfort of okay they can um i think be, be comfortable in, in this environment but but that's not to say if you know you're working at a large you know Bank, that doesn't mean you can't go work for a crypto company. It's just, uh, I think you'd have to then show you, you have a knowledge and interest in the products that are available for the company you're interviewing for. Um, from me as you know, a compliance hiring manager to really understand the, the regulatory environment. Um, and then it's not something that really can't, I think, be taught or, or you know, learned is just being passionate about the uh, the space and, and the user experience. And so if they're using the products themselves and you can feel just on the other other end of, you know, a Zoom call these days that Absolutely. they're excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, you that, can tell. You can tell. You can. Exactly. 
Yeah, and I, I find that you know really key is something I measured you know during my interviews um, and curiosity about you know the, the the ecosystem and regulatory environment about how how your company's na- navigating it because it, as joining um, as part of the regulatory team that that's something you know you really should be asking um, and I think just from uh, I think a, a, uh, an onboarding perspective. You want them to kind of be able to take ownership of, of their, uh, I think, learning experience in their, in their first few weeks where there's generally not this set training schedule or ramp up time. It's basically you have to be, be ready to go. And, and get yeah. stuck in, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, you, you would know this probably getting feedback from clients uh, that, that that's a really key thing in the space. You have an abundance of people that are interested in joining and have that that experience at, at crypto.com but at Pacos mm-hmm. it was it was a it was hard to find the right people because they just weren't they didn't exist at the time right yeah it, it was you know because people didn't have the ability to get that experience at the time so now uh with you know a, a few years past that that people uh would have had the chance to you know uh join a fintech and have have these kinds of I think skills being built that's why I kept, you know, coming back to you and just saying, "Come on." I bothered you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> for you, over the last four or five years, what are the key differences, and and what are the most exciting things that you can do at an exchange or a digital bank that you may not have the opportunity to do, say, at a bank? Yeah. So I think the first thing I think of is if you're at a if you're at a bank, you're, you're probably on a large team and your whole floor is going to be basically people doing the same thing as you. Uh, but at a, in a FinTech or a crypto company, I remember at Paxos, I sat right across from the trading desk and compliance and trading have never sat so close. And we had, you know, really great conversations about, you know, all, all, all sorts of things about the market or just, yeah. you know, how compliance works. And I, I think that was, you know, some of my favorite things is working with teams that I normally didn't have interactions with at the bank. Absolutely. And um, so one thing I think from a uh, regulatory team is working much closer with operations than I did at a bank. So that's something I, I really enjoyed and, um, and product as well. And so a really emerging, um, I think, regulatory profile is do you know regulatory requirements and also products as well and it kind of this hybrid compliance role that is very hard to find but is is really demanding if you think of you know um some of these digital banks and, and things that are, are looking for these kinds of roles so i think it's it's just nice to see a lot of different teams and, and what they're working on and how the company is you kind of see the a to z through z of of what people are focusing on. So that at a bank though, you're a bit more, um, I think your sight into what else is going on is slightly more limited, but there's also, I think positive things of banking environment where um, I think it's a bit more predictability at at times. I think, you know, some of these companies they they can, uh, you don't know how viable and there's, you know, certainly been consolidation in the space and, you know, that in the banking world, I think you, you can take a bit more comfort in terms of, longevity of, you know, what your um, responsibilities are and um, what, what the company is doing. So um, I, I certainly give a warning to everyone joining the industry that it, 
it's not for everyone. Um, no. And you're, you're probably going to sacrifice, you know, some sleep and you probably can get paid more elsewhere, but this is like <laughs> exactly where, where I want to nice. be in. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's very rewarding. Good, good. Um, the last thing I want to ask, which, you know, we've gone off script a few times, but it's, sure. it's super important because Elon Musk, what a guy, what a guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, what a guy. Um, thoughts? Well, so that, that was uh, exciting <laughs> where <laughs> after, you know, the Tesla news came out that they were buying 1.5 billion in BTC, the price spikes to, you know, all-time high and you know, I see in my LinkedIn all of the exchanges I follow have their graphics ready for a new all-time <laughs> high it's just it's, you know pure fun and um, yeah and it's I, I love seeing you know his tweets and activity so uh, I'm, I'm certainly a, I'm certainly a fan but I, and I, but I think that this is one of you know m many listed companies to come where part of their treasury is probably going to be denominated in whether mm -hmm. Bitcoin or some kind of other digital asset. Yeah. Um, and I think to tie that into something that that's big and shows a need in the industry is, okay, now you have 1.5 billion in, in a crypto, where are you going to keep it? How are you, how are you going to deal with that? And that shows uh, the need for custody. And that's becoming very big with uh, the OCC in, in uh, the U S saying that uh, banks can now custody digital assets. So they're going to, now there's this need for infrastructure to, to custody uh, Bitcoin, like, you know, Tesla may need. So I, I think it's, I think it's great. I, I like seeing these listed companies. Of course you uh, do. <laughs> yeah, of course. So uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting times. I, I genuinely, I mean, the price driven has been, you know, driving up because of more adoption, more adoption, more. and other factors too, but you know, it does show people are taking notice. Some big organizations are taking notice and, and I suspect there's going to be a lot more to come. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to catch up with you maybe in a few months and do another one of these because no doubt there will be so many more changes to talk about. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited. Uh, Tarek, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today. Um, we appreciate hearing it from Jones. Um, audience, I know there's going to be lots of questions uh, for Tarek, so please drop a direct message. Uh, we'll cover it on the next podcast. Um, I, I highly recommend um, adding Tarek, following him. He, he does a lot of a lot of podcasts. Uh, he, he's obviously got a great network in in, in that APAC region. Uh, he goes to lots of conferences. He's been a lot of you know been a speaker at many of these events. So take a look at his content, get in touch, and we will be back for another episode soon. Tarek, thank you so much. And um, Man, thank you so much again. And I look forward to fielding the, the questions to come. I'll, I'll make a list. I will. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, take care. See you later. Cheers. Take care.